The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. And he said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came, And did Jesus homage, saying, Lord, help me. And he said in reply, It is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. And Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Generally speaking, when most of us set out on a journey, We know where we are going. The last several months, many of us here have taken journeys, some longer than others. But in each case, when you got in the car or on a plane, you knew where you were going. There aren't many people who on a vacation would get in the car and just start driving without having some idea of where they were going or where they were staying or who they were going to see. There are some few people who might do that. In a sense, you and I are all on such a journey, although hopefully the destination is known. This woman is, but she doesn't know it, There are people who would say in this gospel that our Lord is being narrow, even unpleasant, even cruel to her. He's known this woman from all eternity. He loves her. He's going to bring her to faith. Her journey will be a quick one, or at least the first part of it will be. But it will be a journey. She comes up. This Canaanite woman, she's a Gentile. She's not a Jew, not an Israelite. She's a Gentile. And says, have pity on me, Lord, son of David. Calls him by a messianic title. She recognizes that. 
My daughter is tormented by a demon, so she believes they can do something about it, but she isn't there yet. She really hasn't understood, and there's something she doesn't have that she has to learn. She demands something, as you and I demand something from him all the time. She wants something, she expects to get it now, but she isn't ready for it, as I said, and we aren't either. The disciples are just irritated. They don't care about her at all. Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. They just want to be rid of it, please. Just give her what she wants and send her away. Our Lord says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That was how it was supposed to be, that Israel would be the, the great missionary country to the rest of the world. But the woman now is going to persevere. She's learned it's not enough just to ask. She's going to have to persevere. And so she says, Lord, help me. And then our Lord says something that does sound cruel, doesn't it? It is not right to take the food of children and throw it to the dogs. The dogs. This is the, this is the test. Will she pass this test? And how will she pass it? What's he demanding of her? What he's demanding of us that he hardly ever gets, and that's humility. He wants her humility as he wants ours. There was something she wanted. She persevered. And now she must complete the journey. Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their master. She's learned. Now she's ready. Our Lord says, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. So she's completed the first part of her journey, but only the first part. It never ends. We're always being called to something greater. We're always being called to perseverance. We're always being called to greater humility. If we expect the Lord to respond, if we expect the Lord to be able to give us what he wants to give us. I said the woman is a symbol of of all humanity. You and I then have come asking for something too, whatever it may be. The primary gift we ask for is the gift of himself, and that he will give to us when we ask him for it. But we have to ask in humility, too. And it's no accident that before receiving him, that we have to make a great act of humility to do it. In one simple sentence, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. And the Lord can then say to us, Great is your faith, let it be done to you as you wish. Today we are very happy to have uh, Brother Henry Gaither from the Brothers of the Sacred Heart to speak to us on the missions. Good morning. (laughs) My name is Brother Henry Gaither. I'm a brother of the Sacred Heart, uh, mostly from New Orleans where I grew up. Uh, survivor of Katrina. I now live in Rhode Island. Um, it is a retirement home for brothers, and that's where our mission office is, so they asked me to go there and help, <clears throat> help out with that. <clears throat> I have taught uh, grades, mostly taught, um, and I've taught grades 6 through 12 in our high schools uh, in the south. Uh, we are one province, and we have 11 high schools We go from the New England area. We have two schools there, two in the New York, New Jersey area, 
and seven in the south, and we go as far west as Arizona, where we have three brothers on a Navajo um, reservation. So on behalf of uh, the administrative staff here and your pastor, Monsignor Ingram, I would like to uh, thank them and uh, for allowing us to make this presentation to you today. Before I left, uh, we have a brother who's almost 90, and he said, remember that for a talk to be immortal, it doesn't have to be everlasting. <laughs> so I am certainly going to keep that in mind. Um, some of you might have wondered the difference between a brother and a priest, and the main difference is the sacrament of ordination. We are not ordained, so I do not say mass or hear confessions. Our main work is education. I love working with young people. I've done a lot of uh, retreat work in the past few years at uh, elementary school in Baton Rouge, at our high school in Baton Rouge, and also at, uh, at the LSU Newman Center. So when I was working at the LSU Newman Center, I would, for some reason, I told the uh, young people there that I was in my late 40s, and uh, nobody said anything, and I said, well, this is going pretty well. Uh, <laughs> So I was outside walking with a young man, and we were trying to remember somebody's name, and I could not for the life of me remember this person's name. You know, so I told him, I said, you know, you get to be in your late 40s, you forget some things. And he said, yeah, he said, just like you forgot you're not in your late 40s anymore. <laughs> so that was that. <laughs> so I'm here to ask three things of you, your prayers for our work and education and for our missions and to please give a priority to encouraging church vocations. If you know someone who maybe has an interest in the priesthood, sisterhood, brotherhood, or uh, becoming a deacon, please encourage them, even to the point maybe of suggesting that they go to a, a seminary or a house of studies for a semester or for a year to see if that is in God's plan for them. And also, number three, if you, uh, if you can, to help us with our work in Africa, if you are able. So I believe that, as the song appropriately tells us, that we are the hands and the feet of Jesus, and the work that gets done on earth is Jesus through us. So um, we have to ask ourselves, will this world be a better place because we were here for 70 or 80 or 90 years? And we have questions that... Uh, help answer this, that I share time with my family and show appreciation. In my work in high schools, the, the very best kids were the ones whose parents were at every function they could attend, whether it's football games or uh, other sporting events or school fairs or we had a bingo every week helping out with the bingo. So all those things, uh, their kids certainly were, in my opinion, the very best. And was I honest in my work in that I helped those less fortunate, and that list goes on. So I'll tell you a little bit about our work. We have schools in six countries in Africa, Kenya, Uganda, Lesotho, Zimbabwe, Zambia, and Mozambique. It's interesting that 50% of all recent church vocations are sub-Saharan, and helps from countries like ours make it possible for these candidates to be educated and they, in turn, help staff some of our parishes. Our work is mostly in co-ed schools. One of our schools, St. Francis Secondary School in Maloli, Zambia, has 500 students. There are 22 teachers, 
The yearly salary is $2,000 a year or $160 a month. And all of the expenses, food, electricity, repairs, comes to 66000 And mission funding pays for more than half of that. In Zambia, because of the AIDS pandemic, there are, and this was hard for me to believe, 600,000 homeless kids living on the streets. About 10 years ago, we, shelter, we started a shelter for 100 of these kids who are from the slums of Lusaka. And we're now in the process of starting another similar shelter, and we educate and feed these poor children. Mission funding has also made possible new wells on our property, providing fresh and especially uh, safe drinking water. I'd ask you to think of these children for food. They've never eaten at a McDonald's. They have a bowl of something in the morning. They never have ice cream or candy, and if they're lucky, they get a piece of fruit during the day. For clothing, they have one school uniform that has to last them for the year, and some have no shoes. And for housing, many live in huts made of mud walls and thatched roofs with no indoor plumbing. And for transportation, most have never ridden in a car or a bus and walked two to three miles to and from school. So uh, I just I want to thank you for allowing me to tell you this. We always believe that in our 11 schools here and these schools in Africa, we hope, it is our prayer, that these young people leave our schools knowing that they are loved by God. So we try to give them a good education so that they will have a better life and become better Christians. Uh, before I go, I'd like to uh, read to you five verses from a book that Maria Shriver wrote some time ago. Um, it's called Just Who Will You Be? And it all started when her nephew asked her to speak at his high school graduation. And she says, no, I, I can't do that. I don't know what young people wish to hear. I don't think I would be of any help. So he asked her twice more, and twice more she said, uh, no, I'm not going to do it. So finally, as she says in her book, he laid a Catholic guilt trip on me. <laughs> and uh, he says, if you don't do this, we don't have a speaker. So she did something very clever. She wrote the graduation talk all in verses that rhymed. So there must have been between 50 and 60 verses in this graduation talk. So uh, I won't bore you with the details. But there are five verses that I think have a special meaning for each, each one of us here. She says, will you be a person who's running on greed, or will you be the one giving to people in need? Will you just collect awards to put on your shelves, or will you help people who can't help themselves? Because when I feel lousy or lost or I'm nervous, I feel better about me when I am of service. So think of using your brains and your talent and youth to solve difficult problems to find out the truth to make this crazy world a far better place to make some improvements for our human race. Thank you very much. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, especially for Brother Henry's community, the Brothers of the Sacred Heart, and for all missionaries, they will truly be visible signs of God's working in the midst of his people. We pray especially for the church persecuted. We pray to the Lord. Lord for all nations of the world, especially our own, for peace, 
especially where there is war or civil discord, we pray in particular for the people of Spain and for those who suffered in the recent violence. We pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, for those who are dying, the lonely, the frustrated, and the confused, that they may know that they are united to the Lord in their suffering, for those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith and wandered from the Eucharist, we pray to the Lord. For those who have suffered from violence in our own country, we pray to the Lord. For a greater respect for human life, especially innocent life, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, especially from our own parish and diocese, those young men and women who will have the courage of the apostles to proclaim the kingdom of God in our time, for a greater reverence for the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, for the American hierarchy, that having become holy themselves, they may then proclaim the kingdom of God to others, we pray to the Lord. Lord For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, we may be open to the working of God in our lives, open to the call of God, and open to what he wishes to give us. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We now join our prayers to those of the Queen of Heaven and Earth as we sing. Mm-hmm. 